0: Indeed, today is the day, every day is the day the Lord has made. Every day is a day we will rejoice and be glad in it. So today is that day. Uh, C.S. Lewis once said, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. So based on that definition, I want you to think for a moment about your friends. Who over the course of time uh, have you met and you've just like immediately resonated with them? You're like, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. Um, My next guest, Trillia Newbell, I will just tell you that when I met her, I immediately wanted her to count me as a friend. Like, I I want to be her friend in real life. She is is shiny. She is possessed of the Holy Spirit in a way that uh, just marches itself out into the world. It invades a room. Um, It changes. It just instantly changes things. And so uh, I hope that I am like that in some small way uh and I hope that um when I meet people like Trillia and uh and my spirit just resonates so instantly with their spirit like I hope that those are people who choose to be my friend as well I also recognize that in real life friendship is complicated and it's hard and um and we have to be intentional and so I got to thinking a little bit more about friendship and who our friends are and how our friends change over time and I just wanted to make two observations. I observe that there are some friendships that are forged in like the shared experience of circumstantial intersection, the places where our lives intersect because of place and time or life events. So high school, sports, college, youth camp, mission trips, work, uh, having kids at the same time, or kids with a similar condition or or similar challenges, the neighborhood we live in, a natural disaster that we happen to, uh, to be engaged in, or trauma that we uh, mutually experienced, But there are other friendships that are forged in the shared experience of intention and the intentional pursuit of a particular passion. Our lives intersect because we're mutually committed to the same cause, to making the world different at a specific point or in a specific way. So um, I'm coming to think of these distinctions between the ways in which friendships are forged um, as casual and causal. There are these casual Um, intersections that we have uh, that are circumstantial. And then there are these causal friendships where, you know, we we are friends with someone because we are mutually committed to a cause. I think that's the way I feel about disciples of Jesus Christ with whom I am friends, because I know that we're mutually committed to the advancement of the kingdom and the king here in the midst of the kingdoms of this world, no matter what, every place, every time, every conversation, every relationship, every opportunity. So we've got casual friends. I want to also I also just want to check, do I have some causal friends? And what's the difference in my experience of those two things? All right. uh, Up next, Trillia Newbell. She is precious. Um, She is gifted. And she has a new book that she's here to discuss. And it's called Sacred Endurance. She's a runner. She knows something about endurance. And she also knows a lot about a life of discipleship. We're going to we're going to run that with her next Sacred Endurance with Trillia Newbell up next. Joining me now, Trillia Newbell, she works with the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Church, but today she's here in her role as an author. You can follow her on Twitter at Trillia Newbell. You can also find her at Trillianewbell.com.
1: Her book, Sacred Endurance. Trillia, welcome back. Thank you so much, Carmen. And for those who didn't hear your first segment, I just want you to know, let's be friends. <laughs> right? In let's real go. life. Have I-
0: IRL. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's going to be my. There you go. I, I feel like my work here is done. <laughs>
2: um.
0: So, um. So, sacred endurance. This, first of all, I love the metaphor that you're working out in this book. I feel like this is a uh, sort of a an invitation to take seriously uh, God's command to work out our own faith with fear and trembling. And there's a real workout involved in working out our faith. There is. Endurance that is necessary, and you use physical fitness as you know as sort of the operating metaphor in this conversation. So let's start there. Let's talk about your experience okay. with fitness and how that metaphor translates into a life of discipleship.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I am not a marathon runner. I was a sprinter. So everything I did was quick and fast. When I as I got I older, I seen you I, do I, cartwheels
0: I... on Twitter. So. <laughs> The physic, the physicality of you is pretty amazing. So we'll just go with physical okay, fitness. So- it's amazing.
1: Oh, that's well. I used, I di- was a fitness professional, and I, I used to tumble. In other words, do some aspects of gymnastics. So I am fit ty- typically. Right now, not so much, but I typically am. And, um, but there is this aspect of working out, um, fitness. Where you you understand endurance and this what it takes to either win a race or finish a race. Not you don't even have to win; you just have to finish. (laughs) And um and if you even if you look at those um, marathon runners and they always show those clips of the the people who are falling down and then there'll be those runners who come up beside them and take them to the finish line. There's all sorts of ways we finish. We don't always finish um, pumping our Hands in the air. Sometimes we finish tumbling over mm-hmm. the finish line, and so there are lots of ways that we can see this this image of running a race. And and Paul uses it throughout the scriptures that we're, we're running a race, we're trying to finish a race, and so so it it was it's kind of a an easy analogy, I think, for the the race of faith. Um, this idea that we are, we're running a race, we're trying to get to the end, and we cannot do it in our own strength. There's nothing, we just, we can't, we rely on someone else. Um, And then even that the thought of um, people who are cheering us on. So we've got the local church, um, the cloud of witnesses, Jesus himself, (laughs) who is interceding on for us. And so there's, there are a lot of analogies um, and And pictures that we can see in regards to real life running the race of fate and and fitness and running any running any kind of race,
0: so the word endurance is really the one that um you know that you're that you're working with here because endurance is required um there is a there is a temptation to give up there's a temptation to give up at the half mile mark let alone the three mile mark or the eleven mile mark or the twenty mile mark right i mean there is there is a temptation to give up. But this is a race that is, first of all, um, marked out for us. It's not a route we we, that we necessarily choose. And so there are some things along the way that are narrow, uphill, difficult, exhausting, treacherous, fearful, sad, stressful. I mean, right. And none of those sound fun. None of that sounds Mm -hmm. like a race I want to sign up for. Um, And Although there are fans along the way, and there's a cloud of witnesses, and there's other runners. I mean, it's it's my foot one one foot in front of the other. It's, it is ultimately a race that we run as a disciple of Jesus. Um, and so talk about some of those realities.
1: Um, so you actually just said it so well. <laughs> the reality is, I think sometimes we have been sold, and we don't even know it, a sort of American dream, pseudo prosperity gospel, think, oh, we're going to become a Christian and then things will work out. And that is just not what God promises. And it's not the reality of our Christian life. Um, The reality is, is that we will suffer. And our suffering may not be like the first century church where we experience persecution and famine and all sorts of things, but we will have disease, sickness, sadness. Um, There's going to be death and loads of uh of trials and sorrows in this day and and so we need to learn to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfector of our faith who um endured the cross and shame on our behalf and and know that that we have a um a savior who is is a man of sorrows he understands and he says that we can go to his throne of grace in our time of help and need and weakness and receive mercy and help and not condemnation. And we would not be turned away. And so we do need to understand that this Christian life is difficult and it is. It is there's, there's nowhere in scripture that promises ease. And and so there is this tension and, and I think especially in these the middle years I've noticed people just are disappointed with their lives. And so Mm. the the temptation in that disappointment is to say, what, what, what for what's the point. And I, I believe that, um, there can be become also a complacency, especially I would say in the South where we can be culturally good, but spiritually dead. And, there can be this temptation to to go through the motions, which I know is cliche, but it's true. Go to church, but not actually live our lives for the Lord. So and forget them, you know, the rest of the week. And so, there's a lot of temptations that I think we can experience in this walk of faith. So, one of the things there's a lot I write about. <laughs> it's a, in the book, but one of the things I think we need to fight is um, remembering the why that, that, that this is about life or death, right? So this Mm. isn't, yeah, this is, this is about our savior and, and eternal life. So we, we want to, to run. God says he promises to finish the good work that he began. Um, but, and he began it. So, So, but there still is a race. And so we have to ask the Lord for faith to keep running and running through the hard, the difficult. Um, But there is, there is a walk. And, and so acknowledging our need for our savior, acknowledging like the um, father did with the son, I believe help my unbelief, Lord, help me to run this race and acknowledging our need and, and setting our eyes on eternity and knowing that there really is, this isn't it. This isn't, it there's eternal life, and so, um, and so yes, I, I think that some of our the reasons why we give up is that we doubt and we don't realize it that we're complacent, um, we're just kind of going through the motions. Uh, we can become jaded, um, and then yes, I I think the trials of this life can can snuff out, if you will, the the joy of our future grace that mm-hmm. the the what we have this momentary um life we forget that we have eternal it doesn't we can't compare it to what is ahead yeah, so we certain... if we set our eyes yeah if we set our eyes on that then mm-hmm. we can run That's knowing right. that we have a future and our future is it's not just bright it's glorious mm-hmm. and so we we want to run towards that future um knowing that That when we set and fix our eyes on Jesus, there's a purpose. It's a greater purpose than us. There's eternal, there's a eternal significance to our, to our suffering today. And so I do, there's, it's a lot about our fixing our eyes on our Savior so that we can run with endurance and continue the race set before us.
0: So Trillia, we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, I hope that you will um, talk a little bit about what you say in the book in terms of running in a way that's worthy of the gospel. Because it's not just that we're called to to run; um, it's it's that we are called to do so in a way that honors Jesus. And so I'm going to continue my conversation with Trulia Newbell in just a moment. You can find her at TruliaNewbell.com. You can find her on Twitter at Trillia Newbell. The book we are discussing is Sacred Endurance. We'll be right back. Good, good Father. It's who you are, It's who you are, It's who you are, And I'm Indeed, we have a good Father. We also have good sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ. And one of my sisters is Trulia Newbell. She is here now talking about her newest book, Sacred Endurance. You can find uh, Trillia and all that she uh, has written at com. The book we're talking about uh, today is not only an invitation to run the race that is set before us, but to do so in a way that's worthy of the gospel. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I, I really think that um, we can have a works-based righteousness, and God calls us to fall on our face before him and know that we can't do anything apart from him. So one of the ways that I think we can run in a manner worthy of the gospel is by repenting. Mm -hmm. God's word says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. Here's the thing, not a single one of us, is going to run this race perfectly. Only Jesus did that. And if any of us think that we can, or we will, we will fall. <laughs> and, and, and so it, the, the scriptures also say that if we think we haven't sinned, we make God out to be a liar. We have, we sin, we fall short of the glory of the Lord. And so I think that one, one, of I, I think sometimes we think if we, uh, Focus on our sin, or if we think about our sin, that we are um, almost almost not like we're not receiving God's grace. But it's actually the opposite. If we can recognize that we sin, then we will, I believe, run worthy of the gospel because then we can confess it, repent, change. That's what repentance is: change and and be sanctified, growing more and more into the image of God. So part of that running in a manner worthy is acknowledging our need for him through repentance. I think also acknowledging our weakness, knowing that we can't do, we can't do this in our own strength. We can't. So, um, I write that, um, I write about some of the practical disciplines through prayer, speaking to our good father, as uh, was the song that was just um, uh, before we got on. And then um, reading, learning about God. We can't. It's funny. I don't we can't walk. Why would we run a race if we don't know who we're running with and for, right, so mm. getting in God's word I'm not gonna it just does i don't I, it we're not we are not going to continue it doesn't make sense so so getting in God's word so that we can know this God, I think is essential to running this race worthy of him what what does he say? what does he say in his word? who is he? um so we get to know him for the rest of our lives and through eternity, we're gonna continue to get to know him so Reading God's word helps us to understand how to walk out this faith um, so that we know him. And um, there's a number of different practices. So I think repentance. I also believe being a part of a local church, we cannot We cannot run this race alone. And I believe walking in a manner worthy of the gospel includes being a part of a local body so that, that we can um, pour into what he has poured his body out for, Christ died for the church, and He's coming back for the body. And so, being a part of this bride and um, contributing to the needs of the saints and uh, sinning again—you're going to just not find a perfect body. You're going to sin against each other and repenting together and growing together in a local expression. I think is um, not just important. It's that's how we're going to learn and grow and and walk together all throughout the scriptures, that's what, I mean, the writers are writing to local churches. So we want to be a part of that expression. And I believe that's part of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. And so um, we can't watch our life and doctrine if we're not a part, reading God's word, a part of a body and repenting.
0: Trillia, um, the book is so engaging and it's it's so inviting You are very transparent in it. Uh, It is, it is, it's not doctrinal and it's not um, judgy. And I think I just want to come, I want to, I want people to know that so that, um, so that as they consider engaging with sacred endurance, they sort of know what they're getting into. This is a really um, delightful, engaging, invitational run with me. Uh, kind of book. So thank you for Sacred Endurance. Thank you for who you are and how you, um, how you run the race in a way that's worthy of the gospel as a demonstration and invitation to the rest of us.
1: Oh, thank you for that encouragement.
0: And I'm texting you now for coffee in real life. Oh, good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, have a great day, my friend. All right. Thank you. Friends, we'll be right back. So I often hear um, from from folks who they would like for their local church to be more significantly engaged in changing the community of which they are a part, but they don't necessarily know how to engage with other Christians, how to align with other uh, churches in the community. And so Daryl Crouch actually knows how to do that. He does it. Um, And we're going to have him here in just a moment to talk with us uh, about an effort in his local community called Everyone's Wilson. So Wilson is the county that his church is located in. And Everyone's Wilson is an effort by uh, churches, a coalition of gospel-driven churches committed to seeking the welfare of their community. Um, And we're going to talk about how they do that, what they focus on, what they don't focus on, what's the common ground upon which they all stand, how do they get beyond their differences. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
2: Recently, I asked over 3,000 parents what they would do differently if they could raise their kids all over again. Can you guess the number one response? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Parents told me this, I'd be more consistent. I understand why a lot of parents feel uncomfortable with disciplining their kids. Maybe it makes them feel like they're totalitarian mom or dad, or they're worried that it'll harm their relationship. But believe me, and the thousands of other experienced parents, your lack of consistency can cause damage to your kids. So mom, dad, don't repeat the mistake of those who've gone before you. Quit playing good cop, bad cop, and letting your teen off the hook. Now's the time to step up your game and work as a team to be consistent. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org.
0: Joining me now, Pastor Daryl Crouch from the Green Hill Church in Wilson County, Tennessee. You can follow him on Twitter at Daryl Crouch. You can also find what we're talking about today at Everyone's Wilson. That's plural. Everyone's Wilson. dot Daryl, welcome back.
2: Hey Carmen, thanks a lot. I'm grateful to be here.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to tell you in advance. I'm I'm basically asking like five questions about this. Why? Great. Who? Why, who, what, how, and then I want to know about Ready. So, those are, that's, yeah. this is where I'm headed. Um, but I want to start with this because, um, this was the question that was raised by my producer. Um, everyone's Wilson immediately made all of the rest of us who don't live in Wilson County think of Wilson, who is the neighbor on home improvement.
2: Sure. That's not all so bad. Ev- we love our neighbors, Everyone's right?
0: Wilson, right? Because we love our yeah. neighbors. All right. And he's only half seen, but he's, he's surprisingly wise and shows up. And anyway, there you go. So everyone's right. Wilson might be a mental hook now set in people's minds. Uh, Wilson is your county. So talk about uh, why you're doing what you're doing with everyone's Wilson and then who's involved. And then um, we'll get to the what, which will be the four pockets of vulnerability.
2: Sure. Well, I appreciate all that, and uh, w- the why is really simple. Most people in my community are not connected to Christ or the church in any way whatsoever. The overwhelming majority of people wake up on Sunday morning, for example, and uh, they have—they're not skipping church at all. They—they they have no faith relationship with the church, uh, no no relational connection to the mission of God at all in our community, and so uh, we know that just putting a sign or building a building, um, uh, and and calling it a church, um, and asking people to come is is really not primary to our mission. Uh, We really believe that if we're going to reach people for uh, Christ and make a gospel impact in our community, we must live and uh, engage them where they are. And so this is an effort to mobilize God's people into those pockets of vulnerability in our community.
0: So mobilizing people into pockets of vulnerability. um, Let's go with the people who who is called into this, and how has that group of people come together?
2: So every Jesus loving person in our county, we would want to be you know we would invite into this initiative. Everyone's Wilson specifically is a coalition of churches, Jesus loving, Christ centered, uh, Bible preaching uh, churches um and so there's a growing coalition of those churches and they know and we all know that we can't do this alone we believe in the kingdom and that uh that churches are super important we love the church Jesus died for the church but ultimately churches come together to advance the kingdom which is eternal and uh so uh, churches in our community come together. We'll have a pastor summit today. That's a monthly luncheon that we uh, that we host, and uh, pastors from all over our community will come and we'll uh, f- fellowship, we'll, we'll build friendships, we'll eat some good food, and we today we'll launch uh, this new initiative.
0: All right, and we're going to get to the new initiative in uh, in just a moment. So we're talking about Everyone's Wilson, which you can find at Everyone'sWilson.org because you can do this where you live in your community. Um, by uh, by building a coalition of other Christians um, to identify and then address the real needs of the most vulnerable. Um, everyone fed, everyone free, everyone safe, everyone ready. Let's talk about these four pockets of vulnerability that you all have identified in Wilson County and how you are addressing those.
2: Sure, so I think it's important to, to know that we, as as a church, we have to view ourselves as a missionary. Uh, missionaries, if any hero of the faith that we celebrate as a missionary in a foreign country uh, did not move to that community and, um, again, start inviting people to their church. They exegeted, we would say, their city. They exegeted their community. They discovered uh, what the the lay of the land uh, was. And so that was what we did here. We held some city conveners. We invited government leaders and educators and business leaders uh, to a round table discussion on two different occasions a couple of three years ago now. And uh, they, they helped us to identify these pockets of vulnerability. We did a community survey and uh, just did a lot of groundwork to, to, to understand well uh where our community needed us to to step in and so these four pockets of vulnerability emerged uh the the everyone fed uh, we have a hunger problem in wilson county and uh, we're the second wealthiest county in our state uh per median you know for median income yet 25 percent of our students in public school Uh, qualify for free or reduced lunches, and uh, many of them deal with hunger issues on the weekend or holidays. And so uh, we, we just feel like that's unacceptable. There should not be one child in my community that would go to bed hungry tonight. There's just no reason whatsoever for that. And so uh, that's one pocket. Uh, The addiction piece is huge, everyone free. We want everyone to be free from um, the addiction of alcohol and drugs. And uh, as you are well aware, opioid addiction is uh, just devastating our communities. And so we're stepping into that. Everyone safe really speaks to the issue of of, uh, protecting women and children. Uh, for the most part, we, we know that uh, our first responders are our heroes, uh, fire and police, so we want to come around them. But uh, the fostering and the adoption piece and the uh, domestic abuse piece is really important to us, and so uh, we want to enter into that space in a way that can serve our community well. And then education. We we understand that uh, our graduation rates are pretty good, but we, we also know that many high school graduates uh, have a diploma, but really... D- don't have a clue about what their next step can be and uh, they're n- not really prepared uh, to enter into adulthood for a variety of reasons and so um, we we want to uh, we over the next decade we really want to move the needle in that way and so um, um, so that that those were the four pockets of vulnerability that emerged in overwhelming in an overwhelming way and so we decided to enter into that
0: Okay, so again, we are talking about Everyone's Wilson, and you can find it at everyoneswilson.org, and you may be saying to yourself, I don't live in Wilson County. Well, that's kind of the point. We're seeking to inspire other people to do um, what Daryl and other gospel-centered churches and Christians in Wilson County are doing, which is get together, um, recognize that most of the people in your county are not in the church, they are not connected to a church in any way, and if we are going to be the church on mission to the world that God so loves, we not only need to uh, work together with one another, we need to actually identify the most vulnerable pockets in our own communities and then address those issues, figure out how to address those is- issues from a gospel perspective. So when we come back, because um, we got to take a quick break, when we come back, we're going to specifically talk about um, the program that you guys are launching called Ready. Um, and, uh, and, and then from there, um, maybe you and I will talk about some other things, but we might just settle awesome. in on this. So, talking yeah, with Daryl Crouch about Everyone's Wilson.org. We'll be right back. All right, returning to my conversation with Daryl Crouch. He is a pastor at Green Hill Church in Wilson County, Tennessee. Um, and we're talking today about Everyone's Wilson, Everyone's Wilson.org. It's a coalition of gospel driven churches that are committed to seeking the welfare of their community by focusing on four pockets of vulnerability hunger, addiction, safety, which includes domestic abuse, foster care, and adoption, first responder support. And then the fourth um, pocket of vulnerability is education. And you, you all have launched uh, today something called Ready. Tell us what Ready is.
2: Sure, so uh, we as we looked at those four pockets of vulnerability, we saw that all of them intersect in the public school. In one way or the other, they're related to one another. And uh, we have teachers who are wonderful educators, but they're also being asked on a daily basis to be social workers and counselors. Uh, they have children coming to school who haven't eaten uh, breakfast and are distracted, won't make their grades and therefore the school won't make its marks. And uh, there's this pressure from every direction on these educators trying to help these kids uh, be successful. And so, uh, we felt like that uh, the public school was the uh, a wonderful place to begin. And uh, this is a new effort, and so this is our first initiative, our first major initiative in our community. Um, and so, uh, we're, we'll partner with a group called United for Hope. They're uh, uh, already involved in Davidson County Schools, which is in the Nashville metro area. Uh, they're in 60 uh, schools or they have 60 churches that are connected to 50 schools in Davidson County and, uh, and their work is growing. And so we reached out to them to help provide training and support to help every church in Wilson County connect with every school in Wilson County to serve the needs of that school so that children and uh, faculty and administrators can have all the support they need to be successful.
0: So, Darrell, as soon as um, some people hear you say that, maybe nobody listening to this, but uh, some people are going to hear you say that, and they're going to say, "Oh, that just sounds like the church trying to take over our public schools again." Um, talk with us about uh, this servant attitude, this desire to serve the community and be a servant in the community. Um, this is not some sort of political takeover strategy.
2: Absolutely, and I appreciate you you pointing that out. Jeremiah twenty nine. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to the, the Jews who are in Babylonian captivity. They're in exile. A lot of them, you know, they wanted to go back home to Jerusalem. Uh, Jeremiah said, you're not going home. Most of you will not go home. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to plant your life in that city. I want you to marry marry your kids off to the the neighborhood kids. I want you to shop at the markets and I want you to go to school in the with the with the other kids in the community. I want you to promote the peace of the city, the shalom, the welfare of the city, and I want you to pray for the city. I I think uh, as believers we care about people whether they ever come to faith in Christ or not whether that whatever faith community that they're a part of, uh, whether they're a person of faith at all, we don't want one child going to bed tonight hungry. We don't want one person suffering the ravages of addiction. We don't want one person going to bed tonight feeling unsafe in their own home. Um, and we don't want one kid missing the opportunity to have a great education. We care about our city. Uh, we care about the physical needs, the practical needs. We obviously love Jesus and want folks to know Jesus. But uh, this isn't a bait and switch, and this certainly isn't a takeover. This is an effort to be salt and light and to add value into our community that would create a systemic change over the next 10 to 12 years.
0: Um, Daryl, as you and I are talking, um, the sentence, Jesus is the Son of God, is trending on Twitter. I, wow! I don't know if we made that happen, but I just want to take some momentary credit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, isn't that awesome? I'm sure, Aren't the like I'm sure strange things?
0: I, well, it is true. Jesus is the Son of God. It is absolutely true. And and um and there's a there's a strangeness in the world today, and I just feel like sometimes I have to point it out. Um, Daryl, uh, one of the things that I just genuinely appreciate about you is the way that you are concerned for your own flock. Like right, the the people whom God has entrusted to your soul care as a pastor, but your concern is not limited to those who are already in the church. Talk about the the heart for the lost.
2: Mm, I appreciate that. I I think all of us look around and see. Um, uh, we we can we can complain about social media or entertainment industry or the news cycle or whatnot. And there's a lot to be frustrated about in that in that way. But it also reveals the depth of brokenness of the people around us. The folks that are on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, those are human beings. And most of, you know, a lot of them are our neighbors. They live just down the street from us. And so um, they they don't go to our church and they don't know the Jesus um that Jesus is the Son of God and what difference he makes in a person's life and how to move from death to life. But they are made in the image of God. They are created with um, the image of God stamped upon their heart. They are robed with dignity because of that. And we value them. And I think if we can see people as as people rather than as targets, uh, and, or rather than as enemies who oppose our faith, if we can see them as future friends and future followers of Jesus with us even, uh, I think it makes a difference in the way that we uh, love them. And um, I also think that there's there's really genuine Christians in, in our churches that um, do not want to serve in the preschool department. They do not want to run the sound. They do not want to pass out bulletins. Uh, those We love those people, but there's a lot of people sitting in, in the pews and the chairs every Sunday who want to know how they can make a, a kingdom impact. And so as we mobilize them and give them opportunities to tutor children, help kids learn how to read or feed kids in the public school or in the community, uh, help uh, walk through folks in a recovery program from their addiction, uh, they really rally around that. And I've learned as much from church people who care about our community as I have, um, you know, anyone else. And so I think the average Joe Christian really does want to live his life in a meaningful way. And so this gives him an opportunity to do that six days a week um, outside of Sunday.
0: So, um, I want to encourage you um, and and ask you to continue to um, show us your work. That's the way I'm going to describe what you guys are doing at everyoneswilson.org. Obviously, it is serving those who are engaged in Wilson County in this effort, but because you are showing us your work, you're actually describing to us what happens on a daily basis, what happens on a monthly basis, what happens quarterly, what happens annually, who's involved, who's engaged, how it's growing, how it works. The rest of us can then see a template. We can see a path. We could imagine uh, walking in this direction in our own community. So thank you for posting everything that you guys are posting at everythingswilson.org. And let me just encourage you by saying, um, while we were talking, I went to GoDaddy and I bought everyone's Cheatham. Because I live in Cheatham ah, County, awesome. this does not exist, right? And so wow. you've ins- you've inspired me to do something, or at least to to attempt to begin having the conversation in my own community that you guys are having in Wilson County. Because there are some things that you have said about your county that I don't know about my county. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know those those numbers that you gave us for your county. And I'm wondering how many people listening don't really know the truth of what's happening in our public schools or with our local families or what the addiction rates are or because we are talking about precious people precious precious people so uh daryl crouch thank you so very much Um, we have a list of other things to talk about but we'll have to do that at another time
2: i look forward to that carmen thanks for all you do it's
0: just a pleasure thank you so much for being with us again you guys check it out everyone's org. we'll be right back I hope you are encouraged and inspired uh, by the time we have spent together today. I know I am. Um, I know that um, that I want to now get out there into the world that God so loves to walk out my faith in ways that honor Jesus. I hope that um, I hope that you are inspired by the conversation we had with Trillia Newbell and the one with Daryl Crouch. Let me hear from you. You can always email me, Carmen, at myfaithradio um, and 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 tell us what God.